Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the WMI podcast. Sorry this one's a day late. Um, things like everything got in the way. Life in general, which is technically everything, if you think about it. I'm still doing pretty good, so we'll just get right into it. This week I have Terry Olson on. Terry is the Orange County Arts and Cultural Affairs Director. His job is so vast that I would have a hard time describing it, so I will let him describe it in this podcast. And I know you'll enjoy it because it's a really interesting look at local government's role in the arts community. So please give it up for Terry Olson. Well, my official mission is to elevate the status of arts and culture to that befitting a world-class community. And I... I think we have that going. You know, it's so different than... I've been here 37 years in the area. And even when I started this position, um, when we were forming this office with Orange County Arts and Cultural Affairs, the term cultural wasteland was still Mm -hmm. something you could hear bandied about. Yeah. Now, um, just yesterday or day before, I was talking to someone from the Smithsonian who was down for oh, exhibition cool. at City Hall, and they were talking about, this is such a vibrant arts and cultural mm-hmm. place. So I hear that a lot, and people moving here because they thought it was oh, that's great. a vibrant um, cultural uh, destination. So, yes, it really has changed, and I think, I think we've gone over the tipping point. Not that we don't have long ways to go, yeah. but we're, we are definitely not... When I got here, uh-huh. Orange Avenue, they were kind of like sagebrush rolling down it. You oh, know, there were seven it. wig shops. Okay, yeah. you know, it was, <laughs> it was uh, you know, it was the detritus of the white flight to the suburbs in the sixties yeah. kind of thing. I gotcha. So, um, yeah, we've definitely turned the this community around. I think. Okay, where'd and you uh, where'd you uh, come from? I came from Minnesota. Oh, okay, cool. I could hear a little bit of that. Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> I was I wondering. It. Yeah. Um, so, like, in which ways do you think it's grown? Like, I, I know that's a hard question to answer because there's so many different things, but anything in particular? Well, it's grown in both quantity and quality, I'd okay. say. Um, a couple of the th- some of the factors okay. are our theme parks because they bring uh, lots of trained yeah. arts people here and then they let them go and then they decide this is a great place to stay and right. so we've got um, a probably inordinately high percentage of talented artists in one yeah. uh, genre or another here partly because of that uh, secondly because of having the second largest university in the United States here yeah. uh, with the largest theater department and a oh, wow. huge arts department. I didn't realize it was the largest theater department. In the state of Florida. Anyway. Okay, I gotcha. Um, and I don't necessarily know about the others, but yeah. there there are, there's a large arts faculty in, in all the realm out there. So they're turning out people right. that are trained. You got and, Full Sail here, which is a great thing. Yeah. Uh, in the digital arts, we've got a lot of things happening. That's uh, great. Full seal and the uh, interactive, whatever it's called, UCF's yeah. place downtown. Yeah. I and forget then, what that one's um, I think we've also created a, an atmosphere, and I'll say partly the Fringe Festival. Like when I came, my mm-hmm. background was theater, and I brought SAC Theater here. I'm a co founder of SAC. Oh, cool. Um, there was, you know, the Civic Theater. Mm-hmm. Right. It was basically, and if people wanted to do a show, they waited around till maybe a theater would do it. Right. But the fringe gave people the opportunity to say, "I want to do it. I'm going to do it." That's awesome. You could self-produce, and it was provided an easy um, format for that. And I think that not just in theater, but uh, that kind of atmosphere we've um, fostered here in Central Florida. Yeah. That. We can do it. 
let's why not? Yeah, that's it's funny you mentioned the theme parks because a lot of people are like, especially in ours community, seem to be like, oh, it's not just the theme parks. But there is one thing that I noticed about the theme parks is they do bring in actors <coughs> and even like makeup effects people and all of those things. It's almost like having a movie studio um, uh, economy, but without the movies. Yeah. I mean, they shoot little things here and there, but like you have the same jobs as you would in a movie or TV. Yep. That and not only that, they bring 74 million people here yeah. from all over the world. And Crossroads of the World are where cultural capitals spring yes, up because absolutely. of the germination that happens with different cultures crossing. And, yeah. uh, and we've, we are one of the more diverse major metropolitan areas in the United States now. Yeah, I can definitely uh, see that. We've grown from, in the year 2000... Um, 42% of our population was designated as diverse, meaning non-white English speaking. Okay, gotcha. Uh, it's now the opposite. Now it's um, 40% is the not diverse, oh, 60% diverse. That's cool. So uh, we're in, in that realm. We're at the trending front of our country. Gotcha. As, as we become a more blended and inclusive country. I love that because there's so many different interesting cultural things that come from so many different of these different um, nationalities. <laughs> like, I've been to Hindu weddings, and those are amazing. Like, just things that you would never see if you didn't have that here. And I love it because it's very interesting to me. Yep, well, just last Sunday I was... At a friend's house, uh, they were celebrating the Indian Holi Festival, H-O-L-I, okay. which means oh, yeah. when we go there, everyone pummels each other with yeah. colored chalk, and the kids have squirt guns to uh, intensify the colors on you. And That's um, so much fun. The idea is just to celebrate spring and the, the colors that come out uh, with spring. That, that religion in particular is very colorful, and I like that. And, like, it... A lot of the colors, well, most of the colors mean something, too, especially in the wedding. I don't know if you've ever been to a Hindu wedding, but... I've not. Yeah, it's like when they're doing the ceremony, there's like, um, I guess you would call them ribbons. They're like almost like a scarf, but they're much longer. And like they, they wrap each other in it and stuff like that. It's very interesting. And all of those different colors have something. But... That's like one thing I love about this community is having so many different things like that, so many different cultural <clears throat> identities. In um, the Shakespeare's production of Hamlet right now, mm -hmm. they do a thing, and I don't know if it's a, if they've created this part of the, there's a wedding, okay. and um, they do a thing where they, ha there's a cord put over the two hands, and they kind of, <laughs> And then yeah. there's like a knot in it, and they hold it up. Oh, that's And I thought it was, uh, it was a cool ritual yeah. symbol kind right. of thing. I think, that has a little, I think that has something to do with the, with the way that they do the weddings, um, the Hindu weddings. Because um, I remember a knot. <laughs> I mean, it's been a little while since I've been to one, but yeah. And they go on for like three days straight. And... There's all kinds of little rituals that they have to do on certain days. Like, um, I remember I was, they were doing something, and I was like, they're like, can we have some money? And I was like, what for? And they're like, we have to, like, put this shrine here in the ground and put money in it and then burn it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I had no idea, like, that was going to happen. But... Um, you also have the, um, like, the Western Indie culture is very big here, like Haiti and Jamaica and all those things, like over in the Pine Hills area, it's like, I don't know how, what the percentage is, but there's a lot of people from that area too, and they have very diverse cultural 
um, things too, which are really interesting. Um, is that kind of what you're going for with Fusion Fest, is to bring things like that to to um, the public? Yeah, because of uh, the diversity we have here and the many heritages um, on my list of people that are connected or on my, on my mailing list, I have people that have self-identified from more than 140 different heritages oh, that live interesting. here. interesting. So... The idea of Fusion Fest uh, was to create a festival where we all come together. There's, okay. I mean, today is the 8th Annual Orlando Caribbean Festival. There's, uh, yeah. last year I went to 62 ethnic and heritage festivals in oh Central Florida. I mean, Arab Fest, Japan Fest, um, Puerto Rico, uh, you name it. There's, we've, we've got a Greek Fest, that's a like, Serbian Fest. That's more than one a week. Yeah. Um, and it's great. Uh, so Fusion Fest is about honoring all those heritages. So we okay. come together. And so it has a bit of an international festival aspect where you can get food from India and food from Jamaica and food from China. And, you know, I love it. Um, and also entertainment, music, dance, um, and fashion. But we wanted to go beyond that to say, okay, now how are we exploring and celebrating how we're influencing each other and creating our own unique Central Florida identity okay. together. So uh, Fusion Fest has a number of fusion contests. Oh, like in food, if a chef will combine ingredients, spices, or techniques from more than one of, we've divided the world into 10 regions, in some kind of fusion, yeah. they can win $1,000. Same with oh, that's cool. um, music or dance. Uh, I love an example uh, for music, a, a great YouTube is from San Jose. It's uh, Japanese taiko drums playing with swing band. Oh, that's great. Um, in dance, uh, there, there's a lot of good examples. And, and one that won last year was Irish dancing combined with hip-hop. Oh, I can see that. I can see that. And then in, in fashion, where we'll have a, a fashion walk of you know clothing from various heritages, you know, the traditional clothing. Oh, yeah. But then designers who combine elements from more than one um, region of the world can win a thousand dollars oh that's great we had a spoken word contest um we we used that we created the term diverse atastic uh to <laughs> nice. say what we are we're diverse and that's fantastic and um so there was um two five hundred dollar prizes for spoken word around the theme of that's so great i love that this community especially the I guess you could say the government is so, the Orlando government and Orange County government is so involved in those things. Like the last time I did um, Creative City, I'm like walking down Orange Avenue and I'm like, this is amazing because it's free. And it's put on, I'm sure a lot of the funds come from the government, the um, local government. So. It's really cool that they embrace those things. It is. It's great. Um, yes, Creative Cities Immerse has. Uh, it's getting a lot of funding from Orange County through the Tourist Development Tax, right now. Okay. To uh, they've not only some they not only apply for the cultural tourism grants, but they've been giving. We have a fund called the Blockbuster Fund, and only a couple groups oh, okay. have been able to apply for that, and so they're getting some bits of money towards building towards um, 2020 with the goal of having 100,000 people. Oh, wow. Uh, That's great. At, at maybe a four-day weekend plus other things that they'll do uh, around that. But So, yeah, they're getting a bunch of money from that. And Fusion Fest got great support from Orange County and the city of Orlando. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we've got, we've got good leadership that recognizes and understands the studies that show that if people of different cultures um, work and live closely together, they're more innovative uh, okay. and yeah. they're more influential. That's great. And so let's celebrate what we've got here. Absolutely. It's, yeah. a, it's an asset that we can, we can. It really is. Use. And um, there aren't many um, metropolitan areas that can do those things because we're so diverse. Like you said, you know, 60% is the diversity. I mean, I'm sure there aren't many communities in the U.S. that are that much diverse. And we're, um, 
like in New York, mm-hmm. you have Chinatown and you have Little Italy and you have, right. you have very much silos. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of diversity in New York City, but right. it doesn't mix very much. Oh yeah, um, right. And I think we can. Well, our feeling is that this is the time and the place. We're the people to show the world, especially over the last couple of years since Pulse. Yeah. That people with different lifestyles, different ethnicities, heritages, politics, even, can live together in a loving way, respectful That's of each true, other. That's true. Yeah. Um, and the world needs that, and we're Absolutely. the place with with more visitors than any resort destination in the world coming here. Um, we wow, think we can show that. I knew it was the U.S., but I didn't realize it was the world. <laughs> That's pretty amazing when you think about it. Like, what is it like? Seven seventy four? You said. Um, I think last year was seventy two. I think they're expecting this year to be about seventy six. Those numbers oh haven't gosh. come out yet. So. That's pretty amazing. And one thing that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast is how many people are coming here and how the arts community seems to be very much self um, promoted, self um, supported, right? But with that many people coming here, I would love to see more of those people coming here and involved and checking out and enjoying all the different yep. arts and culture things that are going on. It's an opportunity and it's a challenge. Yeah. Because they're coming here because some large corporations with huge promotional budgets yes. are drawing them here. Right. So a promotion of a small group is like a needle in a haystack. Absolutely, yeah. Of promotions. Yeah, so, um, yeah, they're close. They're yeah. just a few miles down the road. Right. But... Uh, Connecting with them and letting them know uh, can be a challenge. But 75% of the visitors say they're looking for a cultural experience. So how motivated they get to look for that, and if they are motivated, they can find it. Um, Of course, I think as artists and arts organizations and the art community, we want to make it as easy as possible for them to find us. Yeah. We don't want just the hardcore people. We do want the hardcore people who are like going to really search out and find that little right. whatever it is that's kind of their really cool niche. But we would love to get one percent right. of seventy-four million right. to, I mean, to engage. That would be huge. huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I paint live at Cafe Tutu Tango, and it's right there in the middle of all the tourist things. And I meet so many different people from all over. I'm like, you know, you can go further, (laughs) further north, and there's so many other things to do down there, too, you know? I don't tell people that, but I'm thinking it the whole time, because it seems like a lot of times the stop (laughs) is right there in the tourist um, section of I Drive and, like, I don't know, Sand Lake area. Yep. Well, if we could get our mass transit to actually go to where the people are yes i love that you said that because that's one thing that i was thinking when you talked about bringing the people here is transit i mean that's a big thing with people when they come is how am i going to get around yeah well there certainly is a lot of voices saying our commuter rail should be really our are getting around rail, not just for business people during the day, mm-hmm. uh, which is what it is. I mean, yeah. like this weekend with the Winter Park Sidewalk Art Festival, right? When they ran it a couple of years ago on this weekend, they had the highest ridership ever. I remember seeing that. Yeah, but that's really cool. There, it's not. Uh, it's not the purpose of this this train organization, right? I think it should be. Yeah, me too. Because um, that train does go, um, you know, it stops at Lock, right at Lock Haven Park. It stops right, right downtown. It, uh, even north, it's near some of the little gyms in Castleberry. And, yeah, um, goes to, to land, right? Yep. I'm sure it 
It'll go further eventually. But it doesn't really go to iDrive or the Disney or right. Universal area. Right. I was wondering about that because I ride my bike everywhere now. I don't have a car. And a lot of times I'll go on the Urban Trail, which is right next to the train tracks. And I look at it and I'm like, well, they're kind of limited with the tracks. Like, I don't, I don't know how they would bring the tracks to certain areas like that unless they like elevated them or something i don't know it's a start we've got to start yeah right it doesn't go to the airport either but i think that'll happen yeah that's that's one thing that i think would help <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly what i was thinking about well we're a we're a young community right. you know 30 years ago not even half the population was here that's here now so oh my gosh um We've got a lot of infrastructure catching up to do. Right. Oh, in, yeah. In infrastructure, and I mean not just uh, roads and sewers and that kind of infrastructure, but also cultural infrastructure. Okay. We've got, we're really blessed with the tourist development tax. There's, a, there's two sides to the coin, of course. Absolutely, yeah. The fact that we have all these um, tourists coming in supplied by low-wage people mm-hmm. means that we don't have a, as broad a patron base okay. of people that can afford gotcha. things because they're working two or three jobs and yeah. cleaning hotel rooms or whatever kind of thing. We've got a large poverty level okay. part of our community. The flip side of that is they're um, serving tourists who are putting money into tourist development tax, so we've got money yeah. that we can... Um, invest in the arts. Right. Uh, my department gets 2% of the tourist tax. Okay. And it's about $6 million a year that oh, we get to put nice. into arts organizations. And then we're building excess right now, so there's a application review, review committee, ARC, that is going to be investing in the next few years over $50 million in facilities at the ballet and the philharmonic and the science center and the oh, new, that's great uh holocaust museum for art uh for hope and humanity um pulse memorial yeah um, so you know that's that's the good side of that right so our community has more government support as percentage of arts organizations mm-hmm. budgets than most communities okay Kind of because of that, because we don't have the private as much oh, as yeah, the right, private. Right. So it's a little, we're unique, yeah. but you know, it doesn't matter. We are who we are, and let's make the best of it and, yeah. and be the best. Much so. more spread out, too. Like, there's other sections that I think are opportunities for cultural and things like that. Like, even Lake Nona has the opportunity of and things like that and weren't they talking about moving the museum I don't know if it was was it to Lake Nona yes that's interesting like I don't know that's it, it seems weird to me but I kind of get it and well, but, uh, Brendan explained it a little bit to me too Brendan O'Connor uh-huh. about how it was like uh, an investor or something that wanted to do it yeah well, I think there needs to be arts in all of our community. So I think having a um, central um, flagship, uh, an adjunct or a, a, an extension. Okay, yeah. Um, in like Nona, like for the Orlando Museum of Art, would be great. But it makes most sense for major arts organizations to be at the center of the population. Okay, yeah. I mean, we've got a Maitland Symphony, a little simply orchestra, but the major, the big Philharmonic, you know, it's in the right. center of our area. Yeah, yeah. There's, um, every community should have some things. Right. But it only makes sense for those things that are the biggest, most expensive to be in the center. Okay. Does, do all the little communities, all the little cities in Orange County, do they benefit from the um, tourist, tourism tax? Do all of them, or is it mainly just Orlando? 
Because um, Orlando is a city seat, so I could imagine a, most so of it goes there. That tax money all goes to Orange County, and then Orange County distributes it. Okay. Of the arts organizations in the area, okay. the preponderance of them are in Orange County. Okay. And um, in Orange County, the preponderance is in the city limits of Orlando. Gotcha. But um, Winter Park has uh, a good amount of arts as well. They do. And um, any organization in Orange County can apply through my program or through the ARC for funding. That's great. Um, So... With that being said, other than Fusion Fest, is there anything coming up well, that you would like to... I just wanted to mention, we were talking about funding. Yeah. Um, I would love more people to know about the Awesome Foundation. Awesome? The Awesome Foundation. Okay. So, uh, there's the Orlando chapter, and it gives away $1,000 every month to somebody or something that has an idea of how to make our community more awesome. That's amazing. No strings attached. No so organization great. needed. No paperwork. Awesomefoundation.org okay. is the website you go to and um, click that you want to apply to the Orlando chapter. There's four questions. What do you want to do? Um, how will you spend the money? Who are you? And how will it make this more oh, awesome that's place? that's great. I like that idea. Because it's really difficult to do it independently. Like, as an artist who's had art on walls all over the city, I realized that most of those walls have some other form of income, (laughs) you know? And it's hard to keep the lights on as an independent gallery. So things like that are great for someone who's, like, starting something or trying to keep something going, stuff like that. Because I did art for a year and a half full-time, and it's not easy. (laughs) And, I mean, there's... Like I said, I in this podcast, I want to talk about all arts, right? And all arts, if you're doing it independently, are really difficult to do. And stuff like that is really, really cool, and that's what I love. Another thing that I love about, like I said, the city getting involved in those things promoting so, people and some of the really cool things that the Orlando chapter of Awesome Foundation has funded um, was the Inspire Project where um, Keith Lay uh, has been experimenting with distance music so using the science of how long it takes sound to travel to a certain place oh. and composing something for that so he put um, brass players, trumpets and stuff, okay. on uh, steeples and towers and balconies, <laughs> uh, kind of around Lake Eola and a couple in swan boats, and then composed so something for, if you were standing uh, by the plaza by the amphitheater, you got this particular That's um, so cool. sound. It's, it's great. Um, Almost like a surround sound system. Yep. You know? I've always been interested in sound and music well especially music I used to experiment with sound and I used to just record whatever I could and then make like weird avant-garde music with it and I always thought about things like that where it's like what if you had a microphone for each channel so so to speak and then like you would mix them where it's like almost like an 360, almost like those 360 cameras that you see. Yeah. And stuff like that is not particularly what I expected in this community. Because when I was doing it like 15, 16 years ago, Tampa seemed to be the place for avant-garde music. But now I'm seeing much more of that. In Orlando, I was at the Falcon and there was like really interesting um, band playing where it was like I don't know what they were doing but like it was on the like noise slash <laughs> like garage band type stuff and it was like 
I would have never thought this was here 15 years ago. <laughs> you know, like Wax Tree promoted our stuff, but Wax Tree is gone. And I, I feel like a lot of the music that I was listening to went with Wax Tree. <laughs> like it's not the smaller bands now, it's the bigger bands that come here instead. So, do you see a change in the music scene here? Because I'm seeing it, but I, I wonder if the city is seeing it as well. Well, we have some very interesting things here. And yeah. um, when you were talking, I was thinking of the... Uh, there's a festival called... Can't think of it, uh, but out of the Timucua White House, yeah, and which is like, where else can you go into this somebody's house, a cool house? Yes. It's open to the public, and have a free concert. Yeah, you know, like every week of the year, pretty much. Yeah, I, I just had him on, and that was a very fun conversation. Yeah, Benoit's great. Or yeah. did was it uh, Chris or Benoit? It was Benoit. Benoit. Yeah, he is very excited about what he does like he was just non-stop like yeah it was he, great i loved it yeah he's not he's not what you call laid back no not at all he's high energy and, yeah. and he's a gem that um we need to cherish here i agree on the theater level the um or the dr phillips center is expanding and I, I, I wasn't expecting, I, I don't know a lot about the theater community here, but I was excited to see that because theater and music and everything that comes with it, ballet even, I think that's really an interesting thing that a lot of people don't think of a lot of times when they are thinking of arts here. Most of the time it's big bands that play at the arena and things like that. So I love seeing the more artsy side of the, mm -hmm. of the um, theater and um, whatever you want to call it, you know, arts and entertainment. <laughs> yeah. And it's been great that the Dr. Phillips Center with it, the Pew Theater, the smaller one, mm -hmm. has been able to be the home for a number of local productions, theatrical productions. Oh, that's great. So it's not just the big things because they've right. got that smaller space. Um, How many theaters do they have in there? Well, there are two right now. Okay. The Disney Hall, which is like where the Broadway shows are. Okay. And that's like seats 2,600 people. Oh, cool. And then the Pew Theater, which seats about 300 people. Okay. And what they're finishing up now, the Steinmetz Hall will be... Uh, the home, f uh, it's really a, an acoustic theater for the uh, the Orlando Philharmonic okay. and the and opera, and the ballet will be the, in there as well. So it's, does does the Orlando Philharmonic have a lot of opportunities to play at those other theaters right now? They're still playing at the Bob Carr. Okay. Currently. Okay. So they'll move out of Bob Carr. Gotcha. There. Gotcha. I mean, they have played in the pit of the. Uh, the, the Disney Hall for other productions okay. kind of uh, that's kind of what I was imagining but that's not been like one of their signature concert venues okay. it's, it's not it's meant to be amplified okay that, yeah that hall, gotcha as opposed to acoustic which gotcha. is what they prefer to be right like um, Benoit was telling me about the acoustics at the White House and how he's working on with um i think it's a danish company on an adaptive acoustic um system where like if it want if, if he has an opera singer there he can set it to sound like an opera house and things like that and i love stuff like that because of being into music um i don't know like it's hard to explain something like Timucua to people that haven't been there. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to explain to people the importance of things like that. Yep. And 
we talk about education a lot on this podcast because I feel like education is a big a big factor in these things like educating the public not only like schools but like educating the public on what there is to do and um, how to get those people like you said that are at conventions the city I think has the second largest convention it's like the second largest for conventions behind Las Vegas because I do a I, I work at bungalow scenic studio and we do a lot of work for conventions and like right now we're building this trade show booth for I forget the name of the company but it it's like part of the Google Cloud right so it's only a one-day thing but I've been working on it for a week and tonight I go and finish it yeah like the the convention community is so large here that is there a, an attempt to bring things to those people like in the diff, like the convention center like is there like a, a section there where those people can go and see different things that are happening, like a calendar almost? So the Orlando, uh, Visit Orlando um, has an information booth there. And Visit Orlando does have a, a section called, um, called, <laughs> sorry, my brain's gone today, the Unexpected That's Orlando. Right. So everyone expects Orlando to be theme parks yeah. but the unexpected Orlando are the cultural and heritage uh, and eco things that we have here okay. so they have a publication that's just about kind of all the arts organizations the, um, and heritage and, and eco tours and stuff like that that's great so that is there and it's available especially for um, for spouse groups like if if Ms. So-and-so is coming to the convention and her husband's coming along for fun, you know, what can he do? As well? Okay, that's cool. I like, I like the thought behind that. Like, there seems to be a lot of thought behind these things that the government is supporting. I, we do it's, a lot of work for Disney, and it's like everything that Disney does has a story. <clears throat> like... Like, we worked on Incredibles, and, like, like it says, you know, Jack-Jack can only use one power at a time. It's like, nobody is going to notice that, but they put that in the design, <laughs> you know? So I love hearing things like that, because there, there really is a benefit to thinking it out and not just saying, okay, let's do this. There's yeah. a real benefit to those things. It comes back a bit to transportation again. Mm -hmm. Like if a group or conventioners could hop on a train and be downtown in yeah. five minutes, um, it would be much easier than if you're trying to put them into buses and get them on I-4 and don't know if it'll be 20 minutes or 45 minutes right. till they get downtown. And when you start to get that, then that means 45 minutes is an hour and a half round trip. Yeah. So the whole experience becomes a really big chunk of the day. Gotcha. So um, that's, that's one of the challenges. Yeah. I've, I don't believe everything I see on, especially Facebook. What? But on, I know, right? I'm, I'm one of those crazy people, you know? Um, but uh, I see things about, like, um, what's that train called? It's not the bullet train, but it's similar. And... I've seen things like that, and I'm like, is that really, like, a thing? Are they really considering that, or is it in just... In Florida here, you mean? Yeah. Like, from Orlando to Miami or something. Uh, that is now called the Virgin Train. Virgin, okay. Because Virgin bought it. Okay. And that's not exactly a bullet train, but it, it will be, it'll be fast. A lot, I think... fa a lot faster than Amtrak. Yeah. But Amtrak's mm -hmm. kind of fun to take to Miami. I've done that a couple times. Oh, really? Yeah. To Miami? That's great. Yeah. I, I 
been to Basel a few times and I would rather travel that way than drive because the drive down there is one thing, but driving in Miami and yeah. Miami Beach during Basel is like a nightmare. <laughs> so like having those two connected are great because I see city arts going down there more often and different galleries around town going down to Basel more often, which is great because it's such a large art um, fair. Mm -hmm. So you bring in like people from all over the world just for art and they're seeing what Orlando's doing. Yep. Um, the city arts and things like um, galleries like that, do they get help from the government to go down there? Or is it like something that they use their budget for? They use their budget and, okay. and they're usually getting help from their, with their budget. Right, right. Because um, I imagine it's quite expensive to go down there. Yeah. Yeah. Just not just like how much it costs to have the booth but actually commuting down there with all the artwork and things like that yeah um speaking of artwork the um college ucf has a large art community um center in it and they have their own gallery mm -hmm. and most of the time, it's what it's um, student work, right? Uh, it varies. I think right now they do have a master's thesis kind of exhibition okay. that I hear is really good. Okay. Um, some really really fine artists, but no, they have they have shows that they bring in exhibitions. Um, That's cool. As well. Do do they get traffic from all over the place, like like the tourist area and things like that? I. The tourist thing is a big thing because it's like it seems like a huge amount of the economy is supported by that, probably more than anything else. So that's why I keep talking about it because yeah, it's I don't money, know that right? UCF does much to try to connect with the tourist okay. uh, community, and it's a ways yeah. from the theme park areas, right. which goes back to the transportation. But again, if there's people that are interested mm -hmm. and they start digging and there's an artist being displayed out there that they know you know that they'll get there they'll get there yeah um i don't know i had something and i totally forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> um so <clears throat> fringe is coming up right it is in may it's always uh the two weeks that lead up and into uh, uh, Memorial Day. Okay. Um, is there anything exciting going on there that we should know about? I did not get Everything. to the Fringe preview, but oh. it's... It's know, always exciting. Yeah. And I always hear about little little gems here and there. Um, like, what's her name? Kaylee Baker playing Janis Joplin, which I thought was perfect, and little things like that. Um, no, I think this year, um, I don't know that we've worked this out yet, but I think I got an email asking me to lead some art tours of Visual Fringe. Mm, so nice. there might be some, um, you know, they have art around and visual artists, right. uh, but I think there might be some organized program related to that this year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it's in May? Trying yep. to think. Okay. So it's about May 15th through the 28th or something. Gotcha. I'm doing a show at Barefoot Spa, 15 artists, 15 paintings. It's it's a lot of fun what they do there because it, it seems like every year they try to challenge the artists. So like the 15 paintings, you have three categories that you have to do at least three of. And then the rest is up to you. And one of the things I'm doing is people in the arts community that's what I'm doing as far as the artist's choice, right? So like, <clears throat> right there, that's Jen Belak. Like, that's one of them. Things like that. It would be cool to bring that to a place like French. But, like, you would have to have, I don't know, like, you would have to have the 
it would be very difficult to logistically do it. Like you would have to plan out the um, time frame and things like that because it does take a long time and the artists always wait till the last minute. <laughs> so, um, do they ever, I've never done the visual friends, do they just kind of showcase what the community is doing or is there like a theme that they try to stick to? No, okay. I don't believe so. I think it is like, it's uh, philosophically like the fringe itself, oh, where okay. it's uh, anybody can do whatever, uncensored, right. un, um, um, it's not somebody jurying okay. it. Uh, I, I believe that's the way it is. So yeah, anyone can submit something. I think that's cool. I think they there's um, probably a submittal fee. But then huh. I think they handle um, sales for you. Don't quote me on any no, of the details there. No, but I, won't. <clears throat> um, I think I had a piece in there, a uh, photograph one year. Oh, cool. You do you um, do a lot of fine arts or? No, um, I. Back when we had the Red Chair Project as yeah. the, the internet portal right. and the red chair affair for three years i did um red chair visits public art or the red chair visits cultural venues or the red chair visits dance and so invited oh, okay. photographers to uh submit a photo that included the little red chair yeah and um i put together a book each year of these uh photographs of the red chair visiting oh, nice. all these kind of things and put it with a chair as a package for the, the silent auction kind of thing. Oh, that's great. So I have about 150 photographs <clears throat> in that series. No, but I did take a couple. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, that uh, were, and I was in one of the early Snap shows with, with some of those pieces. Oh, that's so. cool. I love Snap. I love what they do. I've, I, I've done, I've, gone to their shows but I remember it started out as a photograph type of show and um, I did the this giant life-size piece that was made of 22 8x10 um, silver I forget what it was silver gelatin prints so like the prints that you see in the dark room 22 of those and I remember um, Dennis Liddy, who used to have Jai Gallery, and he also used to have um, art specialties. That's that's what he his business was. I went to him to have it prepped for New Night that year, and he's like, "You should submit this to Friend, to Snap." And I had never heard of Snap, but because it was photographs, I was like, "I don't know, maybe." I don't know if it would categorized as a photograph um, and a lot of people don't look at photography as a fine art so having something like snap that actually brings the attention to photography as a fine art is great mm -hmm. because it is fine art like the f photographs that are memorable <clears throat> as far as fine art goes one of the things that it does is bring emotion to the person and a lot of these um, photographs that you see in like National Geographic and different places like that, they do that. So it is an important thing, but you don't often see that as a fine art. And Snap is one of the cool things about that. Yeah, Snap has been a great addition to our community. Yeah, and it's it's gotten easier for sure to bring photo photography out there because of digital and things like that. Um, isn't there a show about Orlando photography, where there's like hundreds of little photographs of Orlando at City Arts. So I think that's the DTO. Um, that's right. That's the name. I remember. Uh, show, yeah, and that's just invites anybody to take pictures of, you know, our community and submit it. And that's really interesting. The way uh, to do it. The downtown arts district will this year be handling um, 
a gallery at Fusion Fest. So oh, nice. we had an artist who had a booth, but instead of artists having to get a booth and get their own tent and you know mm-hmm. whole works, um, working on a sponsor that will have a big, big tent okay. where lots of artists can have their work. Oh, that's great. And then um, we'll have a visual art prize, too, um, around our theme of diversitastic or whatever. That's really we, cool. Uh, we gauge that, um, some theme related to it. Yeah. With friends, there's so many different ways to present art, like with makeup and costumes and visual effects and things like that, that almost having something that portrays that side of it would be really interesting like a like an exhibit of different things like that or even showcasing how the makeup's done things like that because there's there's artists that come from here that are like big makeup effects guys because they work at Universal Mm -hmm. and Disney so not just focusing on one thing but maybe focusing on the little things like Fringe would be a really interesting way to go about showing or educating people about what goes behind the scenes. Because a lot of people love the behind the scenes stuff. Yep. Um, so I think, I think Fringe is a good way to uh, end it. Because that's a good way to kind of segue into it because Fringe is coming up. Yep. And I'll probably put this out around the time. So um, it's not the theme of the talk, but yeah, I'll do that. Because I try to put them up around the time of whatever the person's promoting. So um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything else on your mind? No. Um, City Arts is coming along pretty good, I think. I think they're supposed to open next week, right? Yep. That's going to be fun. And, yeah. They won't be totally there. Um, One section won't be done yet. Oh, okay. That's a big undertaking. Yep. I remember when they were oval, and that was, like, right around the time that I moved out here from Lake County. And I was like, what is this? Like... This is so cool. And then um, for them to move from that space, I don't even know how big it was, but to, um, what's it, Avalon? Uh, to the Ke- Rogers Keeney building. Keene, yeah. Like, it's like, it's a good opportunity, but it's a major uh, um, operation to get that going, I'm sure. Yep. Yep. The spaces are probably... I don't know. They were there were a couple of them in there that were kind of small, like redefined. But they'll I have less space uh, in total. But they're also the, the upstairs there, um, which was kind of set up as a theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll make that, and they're taking those bleachers out to create that as more gallery space. Oh, cool! And there's some other rooms that can be smaller galleries gotcha. as well. So they're working to maximize uh, as much gallery space there as they can. One thing I love about things that you see at galleries is live performances in the galleries. Those are always fun. Do you see things like that often here? Because I don't go to everything. And a lot of times I miss out on things like after, <coughs> after it happens because I miss the invite or whatever. Yeah. I'm really bad at those things. <laughs> <laughs> well, the... Um Orlando City Arts uh, has their in-between series, um, and, and so okay. that has music. Uh, Orlando Museum of Arts, first Thursday, always has music. Oh, cool. So, I wonder if they'd be open to like um, performance art and things like that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And, you know, that's the, the first Thursdays are run by... A, each one's run by a different person from the committee or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, how that works is someone 
submits, this is my idea for what I want to do uh, as a theme or whatever, and then it's accepted, and so then that person's in charge of um, all the things that go around okay. with that, um, including the, I think, I'm, again, you'd want to check with your arms, you apart, but... Yeah. So, like getting some music that fits with um, the theme of what they're doing, if, if that's possible. Or oh, I had a fun idea for an art show where, like, you have a QR code by HPs, and you're some you're um, supplied with headphones or whatever, and you can scan the QR code, and there's like a piece of music that goes with that specific piece of art. Yeah, I thought that would be cool. That sounds great. Um, one thing that I I want. I remember just a minute ago that I wanted to talk about is I get a, so often I get emails from you about public art and I'm seeing more and more murals going on. Like um, Thomas Thornspecker just finished Mm -hmm. his mural. I went and saw it, it's amazing. And they're having a reveal on, I think Tuesday? I can't remember. But um, like, feel like Orlando's embracing that more. More and more, like, they're having more artists, not just certain ones, but more artists, more diverse artists come here and do murals. Um, I think having, not like mimicking the mural fest that they have in St. Pete, but like having more of that brought to the attention of people would be great. And not just because of something, but just because it makes the city even more beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, of, there's a TED talk about that, you know, about how art makes a city, it almost changes the city, <laughs> like public art and things like that. Yeah. Um, but it's not just murals, it's sculpture and things like that. Do you see anything coming up that's interesting as far as sculptures or public art in general? Because you seem to have your finger on that pulse a lot. (laughs) Well, um, one of the things that we have at the Orange County Administration Center at at Church in Roslyn, Mm -hmm. um, we've put down four cement pads. So every year we change out large sculptures that we get on loan from artists. Oh, I didn't um, realize that. Yeah. So, I didn't realize they changed. Yep, this is, I think, the third year right now, and they'll change again in October, but we'll be oh, putting okay. out the, the call for that. Oh, nice. Um, we, we pay artists a $3,500 loan fee okay. for their sculpture for the year. Can it be interactive? or? Yes. I mean, I mean with, with technology being so, like, mobile almost, like, you could very easily do that more often than you used to be able to because electricity and different things like that but like with the new technology and batteries like you could do something really interesting with that you know have you seen anything like that in the past or we haven't selected anything like that okay um one of the pieces we'll have in this next year is by dorothy gillespie Mm -hmm. who's a an artist who um, has pieces kind of around our community a lot. The, the parking garage by the Orange County Administration Center, you drive up around a big sculpture of hers that's oh, cool. um, it's called Celestial Joy or something. Um, and it's the 100th anniversary of her birth. She's, she's passed away now. Oh. But uh, so there's kind of going to be a community-wide celebration her son is oh, nice. uh, putting together kind she of like a, a map uh, she used to spend time here okay. uh, she had a big studio in New York gotcha uh, in, in Miami but um, after I'm not sure why she had a place here after her husband died she okay. was more here in New York gotcha um, but one of her pieces she did a show at the Rockefeller Center so mm-hmm. they're kind of big totem pieces Oh, cool. She does these kind of ribbony, aluminum, painted, colorful oh, yeah, okay. things. Um, so that'll be one of the four pieces, but we're putting out a call for the other oh, three nice. pieces 
um, to go up in October. So that's in 2020 is the 100 year celebration. Okay. Gotcha. And our we'll start in October, but it goes through October of 2020. Oh, so. that's cool. I remember seeing something over there in that area that was interactive where like people would touch things. I think it would play music or something. The library is you one of my. I really like. Uh, there's a little poem, and if you figure it out, there's four places where you can put your hand. And if you do it in the order, if you figure out the riddle, mm-hmm. it goes... Oh, my God. Um, I've, I've only seen people doing it from far, because I'm usually just traveling through town, <laughs> unless there's a show that I'm specifically going to. Um, and I try to avoid like the club areas. <laughs> um, but uh, I've always, I always thought that was a fun thing to watch people do. Mm-hmm. I've never actually... I didn't realize it was like a riddle. Yeah. That's really pretty. So there's a little a little riddle over there. Figure it out. And it's colors. Okay. Uh, red, blue, green, and yellow. Gotcha. And if you, when you touch it, it'll go bong or whatever. If you do it in the right order, then it'll bing, bong, 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 bing, bong, bong, bong. Oh, that's so cool. Um, who created that? Was, was that a specific artist or? Uh, it is, it's a, it's a studio. Okay. So there's an artist, but he's got, you know, other people. And they're not local. Okay. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just mentioned how you loved it, so I thought maybe you had something to do with it. Cause no, that's before my time or before I was aware of that. Oh, really? Anyway. Um, so we were going to end it before, but I remembered what I wanted <laughs> to talk to you about, so... Um, I think it's a good way to end it. Great. It was great talking to you, man. You too. It's always fun to see all the different things you're doing. And the Austin Foundation is fantastic. I always love seeing all the different people that you bring that to. So I appreciate the things that you do because I love this art community. Well, thanks for helping spread the word. You're welcome. Talk to you later. Okay.